0: Bastards, and welcome to episode 65 of An Apotheosis of a Bombast. It's a meh kind of October day. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Meh Copperman, and with me from across the Atlantic is the not very meh, Mr. Eldon McManus.
1: Too right I'm not. Hello, how are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Uh, so, we're looking to put together a nice quick little streamlined show for you here today, a couple hot topics and and thoughts and all, and um, one of the first things we might as well jump right into is is revisiting an old topic, something we had shared, and I was just about to tell Elton what had transpired, and we'll just get right into the show here. Uh, A couple episodes back, we had featured, uh, I I forget what country it was from, was it Russian or Czechoslovakian, but it was an article about... A baby swinging family.
1: Yeah, I think it was Czech. Right,
0: well, when that first came out, you know, I I tend to view almost everything on the internet with a bit of a jaded, skeptic eye. I'm I'm not one to impulsively believe anything I see, and and uh, you know, we've talked about Snopes and some of the other um, truth or fiction, those kind of sites, and I'll I'll do a variety of combinations of searches to try to see if something is a hoax, and um, you know. It, if you saw the video, it was pretty disturbing, as we said. We pictured all types of, of uh, possibilities to injure the child.
1: It was unbelievable.
0: It seemed to defy physics and logic, and and yet you just couldn't take your eyes off it, in a way. Um, <laughs> so I, I had looked to see, and I think combinations of different things I typed in, and one of them led me to... Um, what was called a hoax baby swinging video. It was not the same video. It was, it was a man doing all the same things with a baby. Uh, literally almost the same exact motions, but it was not the same family. It was a single man. I think it was an American man is how it looked, but uh, it was in his front room as well. Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So this was, uh, this was a video. And at the time I, I, just wanted to know if ours was a hoax and I differentiated between the two and as I'm reading this other thing quick it kind of goes through and it's um, it says a a few things about people thought it was real and the guy got a little bit of grief for it and he proved it was just a hoax and people should have known all along there was this cut here and clearly not a baby there and all that stuff so put that in the back of my head and and we ran with the article and and, uh, featured it because it was different So a couple days ago, uh, we put the link to the video on our video, not our video, the video we found on the Facebook Mm -hmm. feed, and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to put a link to that other one and talk about how it's different, and uh, that that's a hoax, but this is a different thing. And as I'm doing my searches, I put in a different string and ended up with um, a discussion of that same video I found before. I know this is getting confusing. Video B.
1: No, I'm still with you. I'm still with you.
0: And how Video B, it, not so much that it was a hoax, but how the guy who had uploaded it, not who had... Or someone who put it on their website. They didn't film it. They had just shared the video. Was getting in trouble for distribution of child abuse and bo- like, ah, like paranoid. Hit the delete. Where's the delete button? So... Uh, we quickly took it down from the Facebook page our, our video A link um, mm. kind of pending further discussion but uh, as I looked into it in more detail and I did put some we'll give some links to Elden we'll put some of those up in the show notes here so you can look into it on your own at your own risk <laughs> there's nothing bad about it it just was I guess what happened is someone had found a video in the same way we did the video B um, shared it <laughs> The same yeah. type of commentary that, like, this is bizarre. It can't be real. And, uh... People react the way people do. And... The guy got in trouble for... For... I guess somehow it was... By some convoluted law, it was... He was supporting or endorsing it. And that he shared the video. I think in the end... He didn't get in trouble. But he had to go through... like He said, uh people came to his house he got arrested he got fingerprinted all this stuff and really what a headache and and that's in one of the links that we'll have but um again this is not the same video i i believe that it was a hoax and in this investigation of of this poor guy who shared the video um you know someone had a youtube tag which got linked to something else and They did investigate the guy who put the video together, and I think it was a hoax. (laughs) But a big fuss about um, nothing because it was not real. No, we had no proof that ours was not real. (laughs) So that's where we decided to err on the side of caution. And and since not knowing, um, we didn't have the link up on the Facebook page if if you saw it. But if you're really intrigued by it... (laughs) There's quite a bit of discussions of baby swinging videos on the internet.
1: I, I see sharing a video, sometimes it can be as endorsement, I suppose, but we're not just endorsing it, we're just saying, oh, look at this, look at this crazy man swinging a baby around his head. You know, Is this wise to be doing this? I don't think bringing it to people's attention can also be construed as promoting it.
0: Right. And there's always that little bit... We all know someone who said, uh, Oh, could you believe they wouldn't let Tommy do X? And what an overreaction by the man. And you find out that the overreaction is not about this little thing. There was a whole other part to it that you didn't know the whole story. It's entirely possible that this site was full of many other things. And, um, you know, the baby swinging video was just the last straw or for uh, some sort of um trigger. But I, yeah, I don't I... know. It just it it got us uh, got me a little jumpy and you know we just decided not knowing the whole story we would uh not would leave it to you to find the video.
1: <laughs> you ha- you guys have to hunt for it and then you have to press you know the you have to click the the <laughs> button to risk. get in there. Yeah, so it's up to you guys. we'll, 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 we'll just show you the way. Yeah. to the door. <laughs>
0: I'm not saying this is the address, but if you were to type the letter, that's not you, but you twice, three times, and then mm. a period, and
1: we'll come around your house and actually click the button for you. Then run as fast as we can. We'll do that for you, so you can <laughs> say that you you didn't actually click it, but it'll be your your IP address. So you know it's tough tea.
0: <laughs> well, take a look. The links that we're going to share in the show notes are fine. They're a discussion of the discussion, so you can you can see the guy, you know, the story of the guy who got hassled for posting the video and then his response. And One of the things is like a blog post by him where he's like, well, you know, today sure sucks. (laughs) I just, I got in trouble for this, this, and this, and I can't wait till my lawyer sorts it all out. See,
1: the baby swinging thing is a lot different from the actual, uh, the girl throwing the puppies in the river video. Mm -hmm. See, I'm not too sure if that's a hoax or not. I've looked at it so many times and... Uh, does it look photoshopped? I'm not too sure. I hope it is. I really do, because it's disgusting. But it it's a totally different category. The baby's smiling and dancing around for all intents and purposes, really, in his yeah. hands, even though it is faked. Yeah. It's not like the baby's crying and screaming and he's swinging it around and flipping it over in front of his TV or anything like that. So
0: Right. Sorry, my daughter needs something photocopied so it's going to be a bit of noise for a second.
1: Yeah, all right, noise.
0: Uh, you know, what? I'm going to mute myself and you can you can continue talking about the <laughs> the puppies. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, go ahead.
1: Okay, I've been told to talk about puppies. Um puppies are lovely fluffy animals and people shouldn't throw them in rivers.
0: Oh, stop um, it. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh, I had a thought before that I got interrupted there. Let me where was I going with it? Oh, there's a you mentioned how it looks photoshopped. There's a thing going on here. Um, there's a guy who did war reenactments. So like we Civil War, we always have uh, these people in clubs, and they'll some will dress as the Southern side, and some will dress as the North, and they go and they reenact famous battles, and it's it's a uh, just just something they do as like a hobby. Yeah. And uh, you know, they're hist- history enthusiasts and I guess there's a political candidate who has um done that in all different things, you know, we reenact different uh war groups and and there's a photograph circulating of him in Nazi garb because for one of the enactments he was in the role of a Nazi soldier. Okay. You know, and and that's been I I don't know the whole story about it. Um I make no claims to to be able to defend or or persecute him, but it just what I see all the time is kind of this snippet of of him in a photo in this uniform and this photograph being circulated and I've heard just enough about it to know that I'm not hearing the whole story. Okay. <laughs> that it's there's a whole piece missing. And that's when you talk about the the puppies being thrown, you know, I don't know, it's it's a pretty disturbing image all around, but if I were to find out later that that's a scene from a student movie from one of the universities Mm. and it was, you know, it's been edited down to look like a bit of footage, you know, candidly shot, then that wouldn't surprise me because it's just the kind of climate we're in these days where people... You know, uh, I want this sensational part. Never mind this other part that gives it context and meaning.
1: Yeah. Okay. Question for you. Um. Mm-hmm. Fancy dress parties. I'm not a big fan of them, but people have them. Um. A little. A couple of years ago, our Prince Harry was caught wearing like a, a swastika on his arm at a, a um fancy dress place.
0: I vaguely uh, remember that. Go ahead.
1: It it made headline news everywhere, and. I'm just wondering, when is it appropriate to, I don't know, like go to a party as like Hitler, but everyone knows it is for a fancy dress situation and you're not supporting the Nazis. You just go in there for a, a fancy dress theme because who, who do I go as? Oh, I've got this smart uniform in the cupboard. I'll go as him. And it's still got that stigma about it, and rightly so. Right. But when people walk down the road, they have to cover themselves up because they're... I don't know, they're, they're just intimidated by other people looking at them and thinking, oh, oh, he's a supporter. But at what point does it cross over to just legend? How far do we have to go? Because I was looking at a, uh, uh, an old Formula 1 book uh, earlier on today from... like There was a, a picture of um, Formula 1 before there was Formula 1 in 1908. And I just... Had this vision, all these crowds looking at all these cars, and I was thinking, they're more than likely all passed away. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite a spooky picture when you you tend to think like that because they're they're all round about thirties forties in this picture. There's no kids running around. right? And they're they're not going to be um, like with, with the war. People are going to be dying. There's not going to be any more soldiers soon left from the the. Two great wars. So, at what point do we start stop offending people, or is right, it like just always going to be
0: dressed as Napoleon now?
1: Yeah, are we always going to be offended by that that situation?
0: Unfor- well not unfortunately, but unfortunately, I think the damage that was done by that man and his group is so great that it'll it'll always have a stigma. Because it's it's more than just a, a nationality; it's a religion. It's, it's
1: it's such a strong um like scene to present, though, isn't it?
0: I would I would think. I mean, you have the devil, you have these mythical representations of evil, but I would have to th- think you'd be hard pressed to find. A, he'd be in the top. Certainly, the top five true-life personifications of evil in the in the minds of of the general public. You have like Jeffrey Dahmer, the, the serial killer, someone who who commonly gets thrown out there. Uh, Charles Manson, people tend to think of as that way. But even that, that's that's not even a global representation. I don't think. I think I I can't think of more than a handful of people who could potentially be. The embodiment of evil, the way he's been turned into, and
1: no, that's right.
0: And in the one sense, you would think that almost makes it uh, cartoony, like that. It's it's not, iconic is the wrong word; it's the wrong connotation. But that
1: infamous, though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and it's it's not a celebration of the man; it's a character more than a man at that point. Yes, yeah. I don't know. I know what you mean. I I find. That would not that it's necessarily appropriate for those kind of things ever to happen, but like uh, the prince wearing that, it wasn't an issue with the people he was in company with, and it's yeah because exactly. it was viewed, it it was done in a certain way with a group of people who understood the intent, and there was it wasn't a celebration of Hitler. He wasn't saying I idolize this man. It was. A costume party. It was a, it was a uh, a foil to his actual personality. Like this, I I can be this person because everybody knows this is not me at all. This is my costume. But good choice or bad choice, Mm decide. But the the trouble always comes from someone who's who takes it out of context. I I saw a photograph of that. Can you believe he did that? Well, obviously the people with him. Had didn't have the problem with it like you do because there must be more to it there must have been a purpose it, well uh,
1: yeah th- this is my um total idea of this you know you go to a party everyone knows why you're at the party there's people dressed as superman banana man um i know tiger whatever in right. his name and then you got hitler in the corner but yeah when you all disperse and walk home You've got the person dressed as Banana Man walking down the road and everyone, Oh look look at him and then you've got the other guy that dressed as Hitler and Whoa, hang on.
0: It, yeah, he's is he for change. real? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, shouldn't he really be removing that and hiding that
0: from everyone else? And I don't know, it... I think it's it's so inflammatory and there's some there were some people. There are people who are justifiably bothered by it, and there's people who for any cause overreact. Oh, my God! They're killing the dolphins Oh, you know mm. this person who will let their next door neighbor starve and refuses to donate anything to to charity because they can't spare uh you know their their supersized popcorn at the movies it, they'll pick something and and just jump on it because it's the hot topic or a celebrity endorses it or whatever mm. and for for every 300 people with a truly legitimate visceral reaction to to seeing someone dressed as Hitler, there's someone who, just because that's the reaction to have, will have it, I think, and their reaction is is the one that's the loudest. Like, oh my god, can you believe he's dressed like that? Look, everybody, you know. Well, it is, uh, Halloween Eve, and, uh, he is sitting next to Frankenstein and a, a vampire. Um <laughs> I, I just kind of assumed that it was it was him going home. Oh, he couldn't even take the mustache off. Really? We have to yeah. I can't it's I'm offended to look at that. Well, you know, he he does uh is dressed as Hitler but in a stupid-looking way as if he's mocking him. I
1: suppose there's still a, a time and a place for it and that there's also a method to actually get to your party if well, you, you're dressed as Hitler. You hit would like. think
0: Halloween would be the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh I, interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. It's well, it's all about context and, and the laziness of the general populace populace about finding the context behind things. That's right. You know, a bit of a bit of something and I mean it's one of the most frightening things with having anything on the internet, you know you put a picture on it you don't know who's going to photoshop it you can put a video and you don't know who's going to trim bits and pieces of it off and recirculate it and there's oh there's a a, a link we'll put up i think we might have shared it once before i'm sure you've seen it they call it the most racist commercial ever
1: go and remind me
0: it's a little more it's not offensive offensive it's from a comedy skit but it's been circulating the internet and people think it's it's real it's about like a mattress salesman or something.
1: Hi, I'm Gary. At the one and only Gary's Mattress. Now with locations in Koreatown and Little Tokyo.
0: We are karate are chopping up prices. I just up for you! Even we would buy it. At Gary's Mattress,
1: we're blowing up prices! Yeah, 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 yeah. Man on horse, bring good! For treatment of Gary's mattress, I'd be very surprised.
0: We're scalping prices. If you find a mattress
1: at a better price, I'll kick a puppy and punch a kitten just for you. Okay, I want to buy a mattress now, just for the sake of it.
0: It's just, it's... It's a video where, like, he's doing all these characters and all these stereotypes where, obviously, it's it's not socially acceptable to do that anymore. But it it comes from a comedy sketch that an online comedy group did. I'll put the link out. I I wasn't prepared with it, but I, I know where to find it. And you can see the whole, like, 15-minute episode where what it is is it's, um, I forget if it's probation or parole but it's basically like uh the idea is that these marketing guys are um doing community service and so they have to donate their time to make commercials as punishment and and so they made <laughs> this commercial for this guy and and then the guy comes he's like you can't put that commercial out there that commercial's awful and they end up having to fix it but all you see on the internet now is this 47 second YouTube clip You know as if that was a real commercial somewhere and if, if you search Online you know you see it, it's a Hoax and it's you know the phone number and the, and the address and Those things don't exist and even Though all that's true people still like uh, I don't know I think they Closed them down no look on Google Maps There's like a lake where that's supposed to be <laughs> Unless they firebombed <laughs> His place it's not there anymore hello 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 hello, hello. Pollyanna Cowgirl Records Podcast? It's music. Uh, It's like a... a, Radio station. It's like a mixtape. It's like a mixtape. And everybody knows that mixtapes mean I love you. That's right. So it's like someone saying I love you to you once a week. Tony Pucci, specifically. Tony Pucci, specifically. The Pollyanna Cowgirl Records Podcast, now available at simplysyndicated.com. There was something I was going to ask in a recent episode we never got to... It didn't come up right. You know how in the, the Simpsons they do like a poo's voice or um, they'll talk, you know, you'll sometimes people with Asian accents. Yes. It, there's clearly, again, a time and a place where that's not welcome and not appropriate and all. But some people genuinely talk with those accents. And I'm of not saying they, do. they don't talk, they don't say some, I think what makes it offensive Where it crosses the line to me is where you're doing it with an intent to mock, or the choice of words used with that accent make it ridiculous and insulting. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I I spent uh, 90 minutes on a Skype call this morning for work with uh, three people in India, and and every single one of them, they had their own voices, their own styles of speaking, but every one of them had a very Simpson-y kind of accent that's their name I have an accent too I'm sure to them I have a very American accent I'm sure but I I was trying to say something to my son and try to explain to him he has uh, this one friend who has a a thick Asian accent yeah and uh, I asked him I said do the kids like tease him at school and he said well no I said but he he talks a little different than you do and and he's like yeah I know he can't say certain words I said well he says it he says it differently but I can tell if my son ever had to like repeat what my what his friend said, I, he's tempted to say it in the same way, not offensively, but just because that's how. You know, oh, he said he's going to this restaurant, and if his friend butchers the name of the restaurant, he's going to butcher it too in the same way. And I, I just I was thinking, like, it's such a fine, it's not a fine line that it's offensive. There's some instances where it's clearly inappropriate.
1: I think there is a fine line. We're, we're going to all talk sport on everyone now and going <laughs> down the, the racism <laughs> side well. of things, but it's a lot to do with like ignorance as well, isn't it?: Yeah, and there is a fine line between it, and if see, it's the same thing with the the party if you're in the company that know that you're joking around and having a laugh and accepting of that fact then it can all work fine. You get one person that doesn't like that at all, takes offence to it straight away, bang, it it all blows up. Yeah. And, And you also have, a lot of times over here, people from different races stepping in for other people in their races and putting words in their mouths or speaking for them. And that's where all the shit starts hitting the fan because they're not speaking for them because they've got their own voice and they can do that themselves.
0: Yeah. I think so much of it is that it comes down to intent and intent is something that can be so easily faked or, or like, claimed that that wasn't the intent. You know, we all know that jerky kid who's, you know, seriously trying to, to bully or bother someone. And then oh, I didn't mean to, Oh, I didn't know it was hurting his feelings. I, I'll stop Mrs. Thompson. Like, but yes, the, those words were hurtful and they were said in an intention to hurt. So mm. it's, mm, I don't know. Well, we can say, se- we should find. Oh, go, on. Oh, go ahead. On. <laughs> no, go ahead. That segues into something I was actually going to ask you about originally. Uh, Talking in your sleep. Yes, are you responsible for what you say in your sleep?
1: Oh, that's a hard one.
0: No, I mean I, now
1: if I said that in my sleep and Amanda heard me say, ooh, that's a hard one," I, that could be taken so many different well, ways as well.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's go more. We'll move away from like uh, uh, racially kind of things, but like let's say you're talking in your sleep and. Uh, you mentioned another woman's name. You know, I, you probably wouldn't even know you said it. I mean, you people dream about flying horses, and <laughs> I I was uh, parachuting down with an elephant and uh, landed in a bowl of, of jelly and saved uh, an alien. Yes, but you said Sarah's name. Thank
1: <laughs> <Like, laughs> But I
0: can't say that if I heard somebody either like saying something that, about me in their sleep or talking about someone else that, that I would be able to put no weight on it. Even though, you know, it's, it, it, sh- it has no meaning, but, uh, I, I asked cause like last night, Marianne said, you know, you were having like a weird dream. And I was like, I'm always paranoid when she says that. Cause I'm like, Oh God, did I say something? What would I have said? <laughs> cause I, yeah. I don't know. And she said, no, you didn't say anything. But, like well, what if I did? Because I, I couldn't even tell you what I was dreaming about. I, I have no recollection of it at all. But I mean, if she were to say, uh, <laughs> oh, you said you wished you had uh, married that girl from ten years ago," or you know, you, you said you th- uh, you thought I was uh, an awful cook. I I, I don't know. I <laughs> I can't. I'm not, I know
1: it's a hard one, isn't it? Because you, you can't really. You've got no control on it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But but you can also be made f- to feel guilty about it as well. But I, I think I've mentioned it before in like a, an older show, but if Amanda sleep uh, sleep talks or if I sleep talk, then we've both got a rule that we're allowed to carry on the conversation and we've done it loads of times mm-hmm. before. And it's, it's the funniest thing to do. Because if they kind of wake up halfway through, they turn around and look at you... What? What? Oh, go
0: away. <laughs> you get that halfway through the night. It's brilliant. Have you ever heard about if you dream something that it's, it comes up as true in a lie detector test? I think OJ Simpson tried to use that as part of his defense. Really? That he had dreamt about killing his ex-wife. And so if he failed a lie detector test, that therefore it would be... Inconclusive because he had, he had dreamt it.
1: Because it had actually happened in his mind. In his,
0: well, yeah. Now I, I did some searching. I wasn't able to find anything that, that seemed to validate it. But it seems like something that, if that's the case, then, then there would be no, <laughs> no basis for ever using a lie detector test again.
1: Well, yeah, of course. That null and void everything from this point onwards, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um,
0: Especially because you can't prove what you've dreamt about or not dreamt about.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's your own little gateway, isn't it? But I've heard of, if you dream of it three times, it comes true. Now, I'm quite worried about that because I've been run (laughs) over by the same tank twice. I'm just waiting for the third one now.
0: Yeah, I I think there's got to be no truth to the, um, if you dream it, it shows up on a lie detector.
1: I think OJ tried everything in the yeah, book and everything outside the book as well and then rewrote another book and tried all them tricks as well just to get off of that.
0: Well, I think uh, you know this idea of lie detectors picking up dreams, I don't know if that's a popular belief or not, but for today I, I had a, a list of 10 popular beliefs that are either true or false from October 2009, almost a year ago to the day. From the U.S. News and World Report. So what I thought I'd do is I'll ask you your opinion of these, just true or false, and I'll tell you uh, according to a survey what percent said true or false, and then what supposedly the real story is. Okay, cool. All right. So belief number one. And okay, belief number one. When you are stumped by a multiple-choice question on a test, you should always trust your first instinct. True or false? The statistics say that's the thing to do. I'm going to say true. 68% say true. 32% said false. Actually, the research suggests that when students fiddle with answers on multiple choice tests, they're more likely to make an incorrect answer correct than they are to mess up a correct answer and change it to incorrect. So the lesson here is that if you have a reason to think something's wrong, then you should trust that intuition, not your gut. Okay. So statistically, no, you're, if if you're stumped and you don't think your first instinct was right, st- statistics show you're better off changing your answer. Uh, you're probably right to have a second thought about it.
1: I can understand that. That's gut feeling though, isn't it? But I like the way that you've asked me a multiple choice question with a multiple choice question. And my first gut instinct was to say yes. And that turned out to be the most popular answer. It was. So if I changed my mind, and then, oh, no, I feel wrong about that, then change back, It we could have got into a whole load of hurt, really. So, um, <laughs> lesson learned, I suppose.
0: Okay. Uh, popular belief number two. Most people experience a midlife crisis. True or false? <laughs> I'm
1: going to say that the general population believes yes on that.
0: Uh, Exactly two-thirds of the general population believe no. Most people do not have midlife crises. Only 34% believe it's true. And the research findings show that midlife is not particularly stressful and difficult. Typically, people find themselves at midlife having a greater sense of well-being and control over their life than earlier before.
1: I can understand that you you got the kiddie thing out the way as well. Yeah,
0: people tend to reevaluate their goals and priorities and experiences with every decade of their lives, so by the time they get to fifty or forty, sixty, they've come to some pretty realistic goals, I guess. Hmm. So that's false. Item three: dreams have meaning. True. 57% agree with you. 43% do not. It makes sense to think that our daily thoughts and emotions can pop up in dreams, but the evidence just isn't there. They are not windows into the subconscious. Most contemporary scientists reject the idea that dream images carry any universal symbolic meaning.
1: See, I'd I'd disagree with that, only because I've dreamt of stuff that's happened on, on the day and... That must have been transferred into the dream somehow, surely, or I maybe they're coming from the point of, oh, if you dream of your teeth falling out, you're losing money,
0: yeah, I think that's more if you're if you're thinking about something you're anticipating something, you'll probably dream about it. I could see that, but the idea that um drowning implies something or a horse represents something. I think that's what they're rejecting, the universal significance to various images.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying that dreams can predict the future. I'm saying your life will affect your dreams.
0: Mm. Or that you'll dream about things that are going on in your life at the moment. Yeah. Okay, number four, this is how I ended up with this page. Lie detectors are reliable. Do you believe they are or not?
1: According to a program over here called Jeremy Kyle... They're always incorrect. It's a bit like Jerry Springer. <laughs> and let's take the lie detector test and we'll be back in half hour. And when they bring out the results, that result is wrong. I've never slept with his mum and his sister. So <laughs> I'd say, well, I don't know. I can't remember.
0: Uh, I wouldn't factors. want to take
1: one. Let's put it like that. Right. I want nothing to hide. i would just get really sweaty and be like, oh, God, I'm on the lie detector test. I hate what? it.
0: say lie detectors are reliable. 69% say no. And we know from the research that lie detectors are not reliable.
1: They're not reliable.
0: Not reliable. Uh, In a perfect world, it should be called an arousal detector, not a lie detector, because it measures how the body reacts to certain questions, which is far from the perfect truthfulness indicator. Uh, Question question five. People who are right-brained are emotional and artistic and people who are left-brained are logical and analytical is that scientifically true or false
1: so people right-brained they're left-handed aren't they
0: yes i believe so
1: i have no idea i'm gonna i'm gonna say false because my gut instinct said yes
0: (laughs) well 33 percent said yes 67 percent said false Modern neuroscientists have never agreed with the many New Age hemisphere trainers who claim that the brain's two halves house totally dissimilar minds. Brain imaging research shows that the two hemispheres routinely communicate during most tasks, and therefore, the scientific position is false.
1: I'd I'd view it not being a brain surgeon or nothing, but I'd view the, you have to have one side over the other, and it just so happens that one side on me is the left-hand side, so I'm right-handed, and it just takes over from that. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, but does that make you a more logical and analytical person than someone who's left-handed? I don't think so. No. Well, I think science would agree with you there. Certainly, you can be a dominant side in terms of muscle control, but not Personality. No. Okay. Number six. Handwriting reveals an individual's personality traits. I is graphology a real science? Yes. Thirty eight nine percent agree with you, sixty one percent say it's false. And the research suggests that how you write reveals virtually nothing about your personality. Oh that's Bunkum. Sorry. (laughs) As Freud supposedly said, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, and handwriting appears to be just handwriting.
1: Hmm. Do you find that your handwriting changes?
0: It has definitely changed over time. Um,
1: But from a a day-to-day thing, I have to write every day. And if I'm in a good mood, then I I sit there and take my time. If I'm in a rush, I scribble everything. And so there's two different sets of handwriting, showing that I'm a calm person, and also I'm in a rush, and they could be like an hour apart.
0: Hmm. I don't know. So, I, it t- tends to be tends to be more time and uh, who who the thing is intended. Who's going to see what I'm writing? That influences it too.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. If my mum and dad are going to see it, I'd try and do it like the neatest stuff yeah. ever.
0: I I'm a big fan of. I'm interested in, I should say, in like palmistry and graphology. I like to to read books like that, but it's it's hard for me to take them as science. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a neat coincidence to me, and I think it it reminds me of those uh, fortune tellers who can sit there and and make anything seem like they're predicting the future. You yeah. know, it's so I, I just oh yeah yeah the, the jagged R's they imply your the tension you're feeling about this and that. And well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I t- I can't buy into that as a science.
1: Fair enough. I, for a science book, I'll, I'll give you one to read. Okay. Definitely. Um, I'm not a big book reader, but when I, I get my teeth into one, I, I really enjoy them. Um, there's a book out there called, uh, elephants on acid. I think it's called. Okay. And it's all about weird science experiments on animals and some of the Nazi experiments and other stuff that's just by accident happened. Yeah. And some of it is just hilarious and awesome and wonderful and scary all at the same time.
0: I'll have to take a look.
1: It's very, very good.
0: All right. Four more. We have uh, number seven. A positive attitude can help beat cancer.
1: I'm going to say Yes.
0: Seventy-four percent say it's true. Twenty-six percent say it's false. Optimism might make cancer patients feel better about their lives, but the evidence that it can thwart the disease or that a negative attitude can lead to cancer is inconclusive.
1: But surely, if you're if you're feeling really down and low, and then you just can't be bothered to do anything, then surely that will hinder your recovery.
0: Yeah, I I think you can be in a better state of health in general with a better mental state. And I, I would think there's like a placebo effect of sorts where you believe you're going to get better the same way you believe that sugar pill is going to make you better. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're <laughs> you're getting the benefits of fake medicine. But no, now I, I guess the, the research, however they interpreted that, they're saying the research is not supportive, which... Is this a shame? You'd almost, if they're ever going to lie and falsify science, that'd be the one place to do that. Hey yeah, everybody, that w- if you could all just get along, we'd get rid of cancer.
1: Yeah, that would be the one to turn around and say, yeah, yeah. if if you have this and you know having a po- positive mental attitude, then you're halfway there, and it might help like maybe 20% of people.
0: Do you have the saying over there, an apple a day, keep the doctor away? Yes. Why an definitely. apple? Why not a smile a day? I mean, everybody knows that saying. And, and somewhere in the back of their mind are thinking, mm, I could, could have a, a biscuit, but now I'll have an apple. It's better for me.
1: Well, that there's your answer.
0: But why not a smile? Oh, I'm going to just kind of smile and keep the doctor away.
1: Because you could smile all you want and eat pizza and crap,
0: <laughs> but I'm so happy eating junk,
1: yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that would make you happy, wouldn't it? but also, if you're not taking at least one of your five a day in, then you know you you're really screwed, and you know, deserve to <laughs> die without a smile on your face,
0: all right well, how about number eight, venting your anger. Is better than holding your anger in check?
1: I don't know. I've tried both. I don't know. Let's well, f- say
0: false. 57% say it's true, 43% say it's false. Studies suggest that getting angry isn't a great way to cope with anger. Letting off steam, getting it off your chest, screaming. They all may actually intensify your anger, make you feel worse. Hmm. Like I can understand floodgates. that. It's kind of like when you've, you've been out drinking, you have to go to the bathroom, and you wait and wait, and then once you go, it's been like two hours, you go to the men's room, and then after every beer, <laughs> back in there again.
1: Oh, I'm you glad you love like floodgates. that as well then. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have one, maybe two pints, and then that's it. Whoosh. I'm up every ten minutes. Yeah. I've got like the bladder of a walnut. It's ridiculous. But
0: you're fine to a point. Like I'll, I'll sit there and be like, no, I'm going to wait. Because once I go, it's like we, we've surrendered at that point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why are you squirming on your chair? I refuse to go to the toilet. If
0: I go now, I'll be there again.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Number two more. Number nine, subliminal messages in advertising can influence us to buy products. False. And have you ever seen where they'll take, like, a magazine article and the woman's hair is sex and, like, oh, look, her eyelashes spell by. Things like that. No. we. What magazines that. do you read? I don't, we, that was a project in uh, ninth grade. We had to all bring in magazine articles and find the subliminal advertising.
1: And we all know what ninth graders read as mm-hmm. well, don't we? <laughs>
0: it was Mr. Yeah. Davidson's
1: oh. class.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a class, I swear. <laughs> So, 67% say it's true, 33% say it's false. A 1957 book by Vance Packard called The Hidden Persuaders created this myth and ensconced it into popular culture. To this day, there is no good evidence that subliminal messages can affect purchasers' decisions or voters' choices.
1: Is it possible that all the people that turn around and say, yes, it does work, are just... People that buy from advertising all the time. They're just, okay, I see that brand. Okay, I must have that.
0: I don't know. I find my son is... He's... For how smart he is, he's suckered in by every claim. Look, Dad, you can buy now and save $10. Well, okay, Jay. Operators are standing by. Only the first 100 people will get this <laughs> bu- I know, Jay. Like, I, I'm amazed at how he gets sucked in, but I can... I can see how it's aimed right at him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe nice. maybe there's something that's obviously advertising is effective.
1: Do you um that, That's not subliminal advertising though, no. is it? That's just pure advertising thrown down your throat.
0: They used to say during the movie theater they would flash like two frames of popcorn, two frames of a soda kind of right before the intermission to make mm-hmm. you hungry and thirsty.
1: I don't know. I don't know whether to believe that or not and whether that would work. I, I doubt that would work.
0: I know it's illegal. They're not, not allowed to do it. But that might just be a reaction to people saying, <gasps> they're going to brainwash us.
1: Yeah. Well, then you could stick anything, you know, the, the highest bidder, you, you could put anything in there, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. And if you see it, then you're, oh, okay.
0: I would think it's more... Like, kind of like you said, just it's more persuasiveness of arguments and the framings of things. Like, the whole idea of an infomercial, that in this fake talk show environment, you have George Foreman pitching his grills, and it seems like, oh, look, I saw it on TV. It must be true. It must be the number one rated product in the world, and saves puppies from puppy mills and all that stuff. <laughs> All right, the last one is actually kind of a downer. It's For a top 10 list, it's poorly sequenced in my mind. Number 10 says, Men and women think and talk so differently that the idea men are from Mars and women are from Venus is a fact, that there's a scientific basis to the idea that they, their perceptions and communication skills are scientifically different. True or false?
1: So... I would say the general public think that might be true.
0: Only 44% actually. Really? But science says there may be subtle differences but so slight that it doesn't warrant like some kind sort of classification like that. I would think if anything it's less so now than before. Maybe back in the 1800s when cultural roles were so defined that you had a truly motherly the the motherly stereotype, was how the majority of the female population bought into, mm-hmm. and you had like this this male mentality of like I don't have to be a, a present father I can be the hunter the soldier this, this the out with the boys kind of person yeah but I think these days definitely it's it's moved to much more of a gender neutral <laughs> Gender neutral human. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll put the link up there if you guys want to see the list. It's it's there, but cool. Anyway, so you you had a story that we didn't quite get to yet. Do you want to uh, close us yeah, out? with
1: just that? just a just a quickie. Um, this might make you squirm. Are, are you funny with eyes and stuff like that? I can't remember if we've done an it eye d- story yet.
0: It depends on what's happening to the eye. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I don't like that already. <laughs>
1: A woman mixes up eye drops with glue. A US woman sealed her eyes shut when she mistakenly glued, used glue instead of her eye drops. I think her name is Imgard Imgard Holm, 70, of Phoenix, Arizona, had confused the two products nearly identical bottles. Uh, Mr. Holm. Miss Holmes had cataract surgery a year ago and realised immediately that something was wrong when she experienced a burning sensation in her eyes. Ah, dear. Was (laughs) it a successful operation? Could she not see the bottles or what? I don't know.
0: But I would think it warranted a whole new set of operations after that.
1: Uh, She got to hospital, staff cut out the hardened glue covering her eye, and... When her eye opened, washed out the remainder to prevent more major damage. So, she's fine. She just put glue in her eye.
0: It's a severe mistake, but it's not uncommon. I know people who've mistakenly taken a uh, cortisone cream as opposed to toothpaste. I've
1: I've taken uh, day nurse instead of night nurse. I think that's as close as it got to me. (laughs) And that honestly kept me up all night.
0: Well, I was I, have, I was buzzing. I have very bad eyes. Like I without glasses or contact lenses, someone could be sitting at the table with me and I by sight I I would have no idea who they were. Mhm. And so I I when I go through my night and morning routine, it's it's important that things are generally in the same spot cuz if I there have been times where I'm <laughs> pat, patting around trying to find my glasses or something cuz <laughs> I'm lost without it and uh Yeah even they're so bad that even if I were to take the bottle and hold it up to my eye, there's no point at which it comes into focus. So if it's a, a similar shaped bottle, it's unfortunate. That there wasn't, um, someone kind of looking out for her, making sure oh, I wouldn't put the glue so close to your, um, <laughs> eye drops. And that maybe it was denture glue or I'm, I'm not sure what the, why it would be there, but when, for know. whatever reason I can see the mistake and, uh,
1: Okay, right, two questions about glue. Where do you keep your um, super glue? Because we actually keep ours in the fridge.
0: Mm. We keep ours in just a regular desk drawer, although oh. admittedly it does not stay fresh. It, it dries out quite often on us. Ours is
1: really good. It it doesn't dry out. It stays perfectly still, and it's always upright because it's in the fridge, and you don't want to like pick it up and make something with it. But it's always there, and it, it seems to work. I don't know where, I, th- I think I got that from Amanda's dad, that little tip. I wonder if it's the cold. Because he just used to have it in there.
0: I'll bet it's the moisture more than the cold that keeps it good. Do you think? Yeah, because no it's probably just damp enough in there that it doesn't quite dry up. and.
1: But there's n- the only reason glue sets is because you have air passing over it to dry it out. So surely there shouldn't be any moisture moving around in there whatsoever, unless it's already retained inside the, the bottle. Hmm. Anyway, question number two. Do you or anyone else in your family put PVA glue on their hands purposely just to peel it off?
0: I did when I was younger.
1: Mm, I think everyone's done that, haven't they? Yeah. I don't do it now. I've caught Amanda doing it, though. She just sits there with PVA glue. When the kids are gluing something, and she's got a little bit, and she's, yeah, just waiting for this to dry. Once yeah. it's dried, yeah, just peel it off.
0: We don't really use glue that much. For that to be the case, but I will. I, I'm. I will admit that when I take the glue out of the drawer and it has the those dried on little bits about it, it kind of has that faux cap that's formed when yeah you know, the the glue at the top has hardened. Yeah. I'm. I'm quite happy to peel that off and.
1: Yeah. Know. Have you ever nearly super glued your fingers together?
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of inevitable. It's wait, we have the That's super, a man glue, thing. super glue in the tubes is a pain in the neck, but we actually have some that comes with a little brush. Oh, okay. Kind of like a, a liquid paper or whiteout. Yeah. And so, that, with that, it's a lot easier not to. But when you're working with the tube, especially those metal tubes, which after a couple of uses tend to crack and it leaks out the side a little bit.
1: Mm. I, I've had a couple of experiences where I've nearly glued my fingers together. Just put. Somehow the super glue has got on one of my thumbs or on my finger and you stick them together and you're like, ah, and then you wonder, how long can you keep your fingers together before you can actually tear them apart? Yeah. And it's got to the point where, oh Christ, I've actually glued my fingers together. Yeah. <laughs> and then you manage to rip it apart, so I haven't been to hospital yet.
0: There you go. Well, that would, it's one of those things that you just, you, I'll sand it first, take a take a knife I'll slice yeah. through.
1: Lots of hot water and maybe a pin to roll your finger on, I suppose.
0: Yep. Uh, the worst part about that is, at, if once you get them apart, then it has that like weird feel to it, and you you can't really like pick the flat part off, and you're just like, uh
1: Well, I remember seeing a program with um, I think was it burglars put super glue on their fingerprints or, or on the tips of the fingers to cover up their fingerprints. And I was like, oh, okay, why don't all burglars do that?
0: I don't think it works. I think it, it forms in the shape. Maybe if you made a big enough glob. Hmm. I don't know. I remember seeing that too. But for some reason, I think in the case where they did it, it it just fell right into the cracks and up and over and it basically replicated the fingerprint. But It could do, yeah. But now the other kind of glue, like the the school glue, where it kind of hardens into a cap. Yep. But what's the difference between that and gloves? You might as well just use gloves.
1: Well, yeah, there you go. I suppose.
0: (laughs) What are those things on your fingers? Oh, they're... You could put olives on your finger.
1: I'm never going to get caught with these on my fingers. Okay, well, I I brought gloves. Okay.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. Can you open the door? Because I can't open any doors with this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Police are tracing a man with glue on his fingers. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I think we should wrap it up there, then.
0: Yeah. Well, uh... We'll be back soon. We are still tentatively scheduling a live show for coming up. Make sure It'll you be stay in November. On, stay on the Facebook page. Follow that. Give us any any thoughts you'd like to share via the Facebook page or via email at bombastpodcast at gmail.com. Your show notes are always up at bombastpodcast.podbean.com. That's and, right. uh, Again, we we have been using the Facebook feed most of all to kind of share little bits and pieces, so check it out there.
1: Spread the love as well. Get people to come in and join us there. It'll be wonderful.
0: We're a nice, happy home. It's a true cult of personality.
1: It is a cult at the moment, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's not mainstream or anything like that. There's a lot of other shows that we follow, and they follow us, and they're a lot bigger than that, than us, and we're just like a little cult sitting in the corner waiting to explode
0: i'll tell you the coolest thing to me is finding uh people listening to the show whether it's like new new uh people who like the show on the facebook page or um an email that comes in and you're just kind of like oh wow i i did not know that uh this person was listening and i mean this all started with like a handful, maybe twenty people that we we knew from a particular online community who were listening, and it's just neat. It's I wish there was the opportunity for like a um, get together kind of thing, just to to meet some of the people. Mm. So, not that you're obligated to interact with us directly, but you're certainly welcome to. <laughs> We'd like the chance to get to know you. We really would.
1: Yeah, too right. Well. Um... There's Twitter that they can get to know us on. Yes. And there's also duh, 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 Xbox Live now. Yes. I'm up and running. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still a PlayStation geek though. That's still my baby. But it's not
0: your fault that PlayStation people don't play.
1: No, they don't. I like
0: the system. I like the games. I act- I like the system a lot more. But everybody I know who has a PlayStation is always too busy to play. That's true. The Xbox people are always on.
1: Yeah, it is true. It's true. But if you want to search for me, I am... I'm. It's my first and last name, all shortened down to one. So it's E-L-T-M-C-M. I, I, maybe I should get a handle or something. Maybe should, someone could invent a handle or send over an idea for a handle for me and then maybe I'll use that. But find me on there. Um, email us and ask to join Scott because you don't really want to give it out on here, do you? Or
0: no. Do you? no, I, I actually okay, I mistakenly maybe. had like... I was giving it to Ross Cleaver and I threw it out there right in the public and I was like, ah, I want it back. Not that I don't trust you all, but it's just, uh. I, of, of all the things, this Xbox gamer tag is one of the, uh. Hardest to change. Like, I mean, you can change your email address fairly easy and do all this stuff, but. I mean, they want quite a bit of money to make a change to your name and. Um. It's linked to this email account, all this stuff. It's. I just looking to keep that just a, a bit on a uh, need to know basis that said I'll share it with you i just like to know who's that's fair enough who, who knows about it so just let me know and uh, there are a couple people who I have seen online who've done the occasional join the Xbox Live party uh, don't take it personally if I don't jump in it's usually just because I know I'm <laughs> I'm on my way out the door in about five minutes and I didn't want to pop in and go hello goodbye yeah but exactly. I, I do certainly welcome the chance to play
1: no, I think people understand that. Um, I think that covers all bases, I suppose. Yeah. Um, oh, one more thing we haven't done for two weeks is a moral. Can you think of anything off the top of your head?
0: Hmm, well...
1: PVA glue on hands is fun, I suppose.
0: <laughs> or money spent on subliminal messages is wasted.
1: That's a long, it is a long
0: one. Well, I was thinking of it as I was saying it, so it's didn't really... Midlife crises are good. We learned that today.
1: There you go. Midlife crises are good. Mm-hmm.
0: So if I'm we're happy gonna have with one, that. Oh, do you want to, do, to explain the moral? Do we do the moral part, or just kind of?
1: No, I'm happy with that, and Alrighty. we can just shimmy off. They can work it out for themselves.
0: All right, sounds good. Well, okay. thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in a couple days. Yeah,
1: no worries. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you later. alright
0: Bye. Bye.